Hey, Fish here from the It Came From Gen X podcast. On this episode, some tragic deaths overseas due to large crowds. This day in music history, sports talk, and a pop culture talk this week. We remember Jules Bass from the beloved Rankin Bass specials who passed away recently. Ryan Gosling is making a Fall Guy movie. So we talk about some of our favorite movies based on TV shows and also some of our least favorite movies based on TV shows. All this and much more Gen X talk, memories, rants, and we'll probably make fun of each other as well. Stay tuned. And now, on with the show. You're listening to It Came From Gen X. Hey everybody, it's time for It Came From Gen X. The train ride through life, love, and the pursuit of happiness alongside Michael Skinner, Brian Fisher, and I am Keith Porter. We are your hosts for this uh, lovely, lovely, I don't want to put a time limit on it. Let's just say time. How Can we say that? And sure. we are good to be back uh, coming to you on uh, Boss Code Media, also other uh, social media outlets. But we are proud to be part of the Boss Code family. So we want to say much love. Shout out to you, Des, the reason. So, guys, it's been a while. Michael Skinner, a.k.a. Skinbone, my brother. So good to see you. How you doing, man? Uh, finally on the backside of being sick. Doing well. Family all got COVID for the second time. Even grandkids tested positive. So uh, it's been a rough couple weeks. But That's uh rough. Everything is good to go. We're back and excited for the show tonight. Well, we're glad to see you, but obviously you weren't feeling well enough to clean your wall. Um, I don't know if, if the, the dog kicked that up there, some crap up on your wall. So That's right Ohio you. State Buckeyes blackout jersey. What are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was a Browns jersey. No, 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 no. <laughs> not, not, not tonight. That's next week. Okay, all right. Had to take my shot. Fishbone, what's up, brother? How are you, man? So tomorrow is we're shooting this on Halloween evening, gentlemen. Yes, we are. And tomorrow, is that why you have a mask on? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I didn't know. Yes, I'm wearing a, a Clark Gable mask this evening. <laughs> yep. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why it's the first name popped in my head. Uh, so tomorrow is my lovely girlfriend Allie's birthday. So this past weekend we went out for some. Just a terrific time. I'll, I'll give a shout out here to if you're in the Northeast Ohio area, uh, down in Little Zor, Ohio, a little historical village about 15 minutes south of Canton, Ohio, Donnie's Tavern. So she just found them online, heard some good things. We went down there. It's like in a, in a historical building. I tell you what, man. I love the, Zor. Yes. Just a nice little quaint area. Beautiful down there. Uh, I went there and just stayed in a hotel. Yeah, just to get away. The Zor Hotel, yeah. that's right there. It's Down historical. 77 South. Yep, that's right. Yep. Right, right off the Dairy expressway. Dairy Queen's on the right. Dairy Queen's on the right. Hotel's on the left. That's yep, right. Everyone stayed in that hotel. It was so peaceful. Walked through the cemetery, walked through the town, loved it. Yeah, very nice. So, Donnie's Tavern, I tell you what, it had some of the best food we've had in quite a while. It, it was it was a 
beautiful display, great service. A uh, little upscale food and everything, but that was perfect for her, her birthday. Went out and did a few other things with hiking on Sunday. Just just a great, great quality time weekend with her. So happy birthday, my love, Allie, if uh, you're listening to this uh, when this airs. So, yep. Absolutely. Well, nothing too good for Allie, right? Happy birthday to the lovely Allie. Uh, don't get to see as much as I like, but uh, just a wonderful, wonderful girl. And uh, we're really happy for you. So, Thank you. Hey. How about you? Jordan's got a love a love life. Yeah. I was going to ask you how yeah. that went. Yeah. Yes. Can you believe that? And she's not 73. That's very good. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. So I just want to say shout out to our new <laughs> listener. She's a new fan of the show. She loves the show. Um, so big shout out to June Fitzpatrick. Um, just been uh, an awesome, awesome few weeks with her. A fantastic human being. Funniest uh person i've met in a long time and just as lovely as can be so i'm your your buddy is smitten as they say that's great good <laughs> all for you, right man. all that despite the fact she's a cleveland browns fan i hear yes? she is a cleveland we've had many of of exchanges <laughs> about this let's just say that uh it was so funny how when we first met Everything was going great. We had all these things in common. And, of course, when we became Facebook friends, you know, I'm stalking her page. She's stalking mine. And it, like, happened at the same time. She called me. She goes, we got a problem. I said, yeah, I already know. I just saw it. <laughs> and she was like, what do we do? I was like, I don't know. So, yeah, it's been cool, though. Uh, as far as Browns fans go, I'll take this one. All right. Well, we are very happy for you, brother. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. It's, it's, it's been a while, and I'm very excited. All right, guys, uh, we've been away for a while. All kinds of crazy stuff has happened, but we just try to stay current. But uh, some things we got to bring up because it's just too juicy to let go. And uh, before we do that, uh, Fish, tell them where they can find the show. All right. Thank you, sir. So you might be listening to us on demand on your favorite podcast platforms. We're on many uh, of those, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartMusic, Amazon Music, Overcast, and more. So wherever you listen to podcasts, just look for the It Came From Gen X podcast. Give us a follow or subscribe. And as we publish new episodes uh, most weeks, but we do publish an episode every week, uh, it'll pop in your podcast feed for you. Free of charge, listen to us on the go, uh, whatever the heck you're doing. Uh, you can watch us, as Keith already mentioned, on the Boss Code Media TV network. Just pull up their app on your smart tv or your mobile device and uh, download and subscribe and we are on there on our very own channel it came from gen x channel you can see some of our video segments of the show there and also videos from a lot of other creative people across the country and some unique content i think uh, does the reason just uh, published a new music video that he shot down in canton ohio exclusive to boss code media uh, check them out, and you can also find us on our YouTube channel. Full episodes are there, and uh, various video segments there too. Links to all of our social media can be found in two main places. Just pull up our Linktree account. Simply Google Linktree. It came from Gen X, and simply a link to our page, rather, with links to our social media and our website. It came from Gen X. WordPress.com. All show information is there, links to where you can listen to us, links to new episodes, links to videos, bios, and ways you, you can support the show. 
all on the website. Uh, one thing you could do to help us out is simply like, follow, share, tell others, and uh, we appreciate your support out there. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks a lot. Uh, hey, Skinner, this world is so crazy. There's always something going on, but we only got so much time. But it is time for some world news. It's been a long time, my brother, so take it away. It is. Uh, one that's uh, hitting pretty hard over the last couple weeks is the Supreme Court uh, justices are going to be hearing some, a case based on some admissions, possible admissions violations for the College of Harvard and the University of North Carolina. Two very, very opposite schools. Harvard, obviously, one of the uh, top Ivy League schools, top co colleges in the uh, entire world. University of North Carolina, basically known as a sports school. Um, the courts are being challenged to hear of admissions policies, which consider race among many factors when evaluating applications. The policies are designed to boost the number of black and Hispanic students and are intended to ensure minority groups are fairly represented in these schools uh, across the country. Uh, what's happening is, is they're weighing in uh, as to whether there are discriminatory or civil law violations for these two schools. They are required to have a decision by the end of the first quarter of July 2023. <clears throat> My first thought is, why is race even a part of the admissions for any school across the country, especially local schools, uh, public or uh, state schools that have no private means? Private schools, uh Maybe so. You know, you've got a lot of predominantly black schools down south. You've got some, I guess, schools up north that are predominantly white. But why is race even considered a factor when it comes to a student's grades, transcripts, academics, and their overall body of work? What have they done? You know, um, I don't understand why this is even going on today. Uh, first, I've heard of it was just a couple days ago, and it really got me burning a little bit as to, you know, why race is even involved in the admissions. Uh, if you've got a 4.0, an IQ of over, uh, what's the IQ, over 150, and your SATs and your ACT scores are off the charts, you should be able to go to any school across the country or in the world, no matter if you're black, white, purple, or green. It doesn't matter what your color is. I know Keith's going to have some things to say about this. I know Fisher's got some strong ones too. So I'm going to bow out and let you guys go ahead. No, sorry, what's the case? Is it, uh, people saying that because They're, you have to be, admit so many minorities that the, some people can't get in who maybe have better or higher grades or something like that? Is that the case? It's it's being looked at that they're not using affirmative action laws and with their admissions. So they're discriminating against the Hispanics and the uh, black folks. Also, kids can't get in. They're not able to get into these schools based on their race, uh, no matter what their academic background is. I see. Okay. So they're being they're looking to see if these schools are, have discriminatory or 
they have violated civil laws. Okay. And Keith's just shaking his head. Go ahead, brother. We, have we at could it. Do a, it would really take a whole show to just even begin to unfold all this. I remember when I was 18 years old, my first experience with the race quota thing, the affirmative action thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember how it made me feel. And it didn't make me feel good. And I call it the Noah's Ark Syndrome. I was 17, 18 years old. I think I was 17. And I needed a job really bad. And my friend was a packer at Acme, the old Acme number one on Waterloo. And he kept telling me, dude, just come up there, man. You got a job. I'm like, you sure? He goes, I guarantee you, you'll get hired. I'm like, how can you guarantee me? He was so positive. Well, I went up there and I got the job. And there was another black packer there. And um, everything was great. After a while, that other black packer, we're the only two black guys there. He quit. The next guy that got hired was black. He quit after a while. The next guy was black. A white guy quit. Next guy to hire was white. When I quit, I'll never forget going up to get my last check and saw my replacement. He was black. And I found out what the deal was. I forget who admitted it to me. Is that the law told them they have to have at least two black Packers. Really? For a person like me who had an outstanding work record since I was 15 years old, was in college, applying myself, it made me feel really stupid. It made me feel like, really? I'm just a, a quota. I got this job because of a quota. I don't mind getting the job, but it makes me feel like my self-worth was just a number. You know what I'm saying? When I left the job, you could put any more on in my spot as long as he looked like me. So that being said, I certainly don't like uh, sometimes, playing devil's advocate here, if you will, sometimes they, they track race because they have to see where they're failing. All right, are, do, are we failing bringing up more minorities and helping them out, you know, in the, in the academic area? You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's because of what I just told you. It's that Noah's Ark thing. You got to have so many minorities. Sometimes you have to have so many minorities to receive government grants and funding. And that's, that's just as shameful. And as much as I understand affirmative action, and I can appreciate where it came from, I want it abolished. But it can't be abolished until you give equal opportunity under the law starting at the elementary level. I'm tired of going around, just take high schools, you know, I used to go to uh, uh, my son who played for Chicago Falls, all his high school football games, and in the division they were in, they played Stowe and, and some of all these other teams, and I'm telling you, it was better than Cleveland Brown Stadium, 
I went out to Stowe, man, this brand new field, and the scoreboard, they had a big bulldog helmet, and the team ran out of it. It was unbelievable. It was like being in freaking Heinz Field or, or, or Municipal Stadium or Cleveland Brown Stadium or something. First energy said, I'm like, what? Then we go up here to play uh, North, and it's just dirt and gravel back there. You know? No scoreboard. That's, that's a shame that kids have to think this is all they are. This is all they're worth. And how much, how do you feel when you go play a team like Stone, you see all that, and then you come back and you can't even get a good scoreboard, you know, or decent feel? It's really shameful, you know, and it's hurtful. So as much as I appreciate affirmative action, I want it gone, but it can't be gone until you start at the lowest level and say, you know what, we got to give everybody equal opportunity to get the best education they can get. Mm-hmm. I could go on forever on this, man. So great, great subject. Yeah, I'm just kind of like, uh, you know, like you said earlier, Skinner. I mean, f- first of all, the, the best, yeah, the best grades should give one the opportunity to get to the best schools. Having said that, if you have kids that have similar accomplishments, right, then that's not, I don't want to say a tiebreaker, but then you have to make sure that. Uh, all are represented in your facility. You know what I'm saying? So that that's just how I think about it. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and that and that's true, uh, Fisher, and and that's great. The only problem is, and if you're a black person and you don't have the decency to think about this, then you're wrong. What about that white kid who may not have a racist bone in their body, mm-hmm. who has worked their butt off? Yeah. And get uh, get slighted of an opportunity. Now, I don't want to get too boohoo for them because I'm sorry if you have white. If you don't think there's such thing as white privilege, you're a freaking moron. It, it exists in everyday life, so you'll be okay. But I'm just saying we got to start making it fair for for everybody as much as possible. Yeah, I think we should do it like that so everybody's represented. So, but it's you know it's always on the lowest level that we do these type of things. Like uh, somebody asked uh, Deion Sanders the other day, and we'll talk more about him later about more black coaches in the NFL. And they're like, why are we always talking about this? Why can't we get some more black owners in the NFL? That's the club that they keep exclusive, won't let nobody in. You know. Why can't we have more black uh, NFL owners? They block everyone that tries to buy a football team. And then maybe we'll start seeing some of this equality, and you can say it's fair. Just a mm. thought. Hmm. Interesting. Yes, Skinner, what do you think? I, I pretty much summed it up before I, I let the Rangers go for you guys. Okay. I, I hate the fact that there is affirmative action, and I hate it for both sides of the spectrum. I hate the fact that you know if you're a black woman – and you go up for a job versus any other race and any other gender, because of the um, affirmative action, she already has a leg up on everybody else. She could be the best employee in the world, and if she earned that job, no matter it doesn't matter that she's black and it doesn't matter that she's female. If her credentials fits her to have that job, absolutely love it. But if you're putting her in that position because she's black and because she's a woman and there is a, a female, doesn't matter, it could be a female of any, any uh, race or a male, a black male, 
white male, it doesn't matter. If she is in that position because of a freaking quota, it is absolutely wrong. And it needs, like Keith said, it needs to go away, but equality across the board has to happen mm-hmm. on its own. It can't be because of this, this, yeah. you know. It, and how, it, about, how about when you put somebody in a position because of their skin color and they're not ready for it, you set them up to fail? Well, yeah. I mean, that happens all the time. You yeah, know, you put somebody that's not that. qualified in there just because of their color of their skin. Or, you know, because of their gender, and it's wrong. Yeah, not, not only do they fail, but then there's always those people standing looking going, hmm, see, told you, you know? Mm-hmm. I see it all the time in the NFL. Oh, yeah, they'll give the black coach. They'll give the black coach the job, especially in college, they'll give them the job of a team that's completely decimated and falling apart in a year and a half when they can't do anything, but they've gotten some great recruits, and they bring in some guy who reaps the benefits. I see it all the time. It happens. You set yeah. people up for failure, but oh, well. Like so affirmative action needs to go away, but everything has to change up front, and it has to start at the very young age, like you that said. That's where it's got to start. Well, I'll just say, I'll, we'll, sorry, I'll just say for this podcast no, no, here. That's right. So when the three of us applied, we all got in as the lowest IQ at the time. <laughs> they did not look at race or sex or nothing. So that's how we got this job. So it just happened to work out. So. Yeah, right. they just mm-hmm. went to the bottom of the barrel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know these. which position we were in. I don't know who was last, next to the last, or next to next to the last. But we were at the bottom of the barrel. Yep. Look at these three jabronis, and and uh, we'll let them let them do something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Wow. Not sure what that something is, but let us do something, right? That's yeah, right. Yeah. Great subject, man. You got anything else for Skinner? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Over in Morbi, India. Did you guys hear about that suspension bridge that collapsed? In- uh, I saw the story, and the first thing I said was, I hope this is not a real news story that I just saw flash across well, the screen. Well, the frightening my- thing is, there's actual video footage of it happening. Oh, God. Mm. And it sent chills down my spine. I'm not going to lie. The first question I had is this bridge was built back in the late 1800s by a British firm. And I'm not quite sure of the area, but it crosses one of the rivers in, like I said, in Morba, India. <coughs> My first question was, and excuse me, folks, I'm still trying to get over this cough, and I apologize. They said there was over upwards of 200 pedestrians on this bridge at the time it collapsed. The first question is, is why the hell are there so many people on this bridge crossing a river? I have not gotten that answer, and I keep looking for stories. Now, up to to three hours prior to me seeing the story, they had confirmed 133 people killed, and 145 people were found um, and brought to hospitals for some some minor injuries, others you know, fighting for their lives. So why was there so many people on this bridge? And I guess it's because of the amount of people and the weight on this bridge is why it yeah. failed. And I just got that. And then you think back about two weeks ago for a Halloween crowd uh, that had a surge and killed 115 people in Seoul, South Korea. They were there for some kind of Halloween um, festivities Mm-hmm. And something happened. I, I, guns were fired. Something happened, and, and all of a sudden there was a stampede of people, and oh, 150 people were killed. So my question to you guys is: This is two different areas of the world. 
same scenario, just in different locations. Why is this stuff happening? We can go to soccer stadiums. Um, you know, people go to these soccer stadiums across the country, and if the stadiums collapse, or these bars and taverns across the country that got these these decks and things for people to be outside, and these decks are falling. Why is this happening today? With today's technology and today's work, is it the work ethic of today, or is it people not, you know, these inspectors not doing their jobs? What is causing all this problem? Because this is becoming a phenomenon, in my opinion, to have this this happen. And there was another scenario back on October first, where another 150 people got killed in a in an area. I don't have that written down, but this is three incidences within th two weeks. Oh, no, there's so many more. Go ahead, fish. As I say, I know for India, I mean, uh, we have you know we work with business partners over that. Which just every story here, it's just such a highly congested. There's parts of India that's just very highly congested of of people. It's just and they their their infrastructure and their planning and everything just really isn't there. It's just too many people trying to get to places at the same time. It's just and they they're they just don't have the means to handle it. And so, I mean, could and should something change to prevent something like that? Sure. I mean, it's, you know, they should have some type of a warning. They should have some type of controls out there so you don't have too many people in one place at the same time. But no easy answer over there because it's just, like I said, just it's just a lot of issues. I, mean, I hear that, you know, the driving, for instance, over there, it's just a nightmare because it's just so many. It's it's too many people trying to get to places, and you have to be super aggressive just to get anywhere. It's not very safe. I'd go crazy. It's just a whole thing over there. So they would just need to try to focus on, you know, if adding more resources or means to control the human traffic a little bit more to try to avoid something like that in the future. The North, the South Korea one. Excuse me. That seemed to be just poor planning for the Halloween festivities. You know, they said that they had uh, officers out there, but more for safety and not crowd control. And then obviously something like this happens and people got crushed because too many people were trying to move through that small alleyway or something like that. So uh, it just seems like poor planning from the local uh, government or whatever the, you know, whatever that was down yeah. there. So. I don't know. I think it's just two different. It's two, two similar incidents. Very unfortunate, obviously, uh, but it seemed like two two different problems in those parts of the uh, the world. So, Keith, what do you think? Well, um, while Skinner was kind of wrapping up, I uh, watched the video. Um, pretty horrific. It is horrific, isn't it? And uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm going to go another way with it. Because Skinner mentioned other things like soccer games and stuff like that. This has happened. I don't know what it is about us as human beings. Uh, we get this frenzy thing about us being in big crowds or whatever. I'm not going to judge because I've been there. I used to tell my mom, oh, I, I like the big crowds, lots of people. I used to be like that, you know, being a musician. Of course, I was used to it. But I used to just love being in the big, big, big crowds. And I don't know what it was that changed me. I think I was at a Seven Dust concert one time and uh, out at Nautica. And um, you guys all remember my ex-wife, Marianne. She fell. Mm -hmm. 
And it was the scariest thing ever to me because with all my strength, I was like uh, uh, useless trying to move that many people. And she was on the ground, and I thought she was about to get trampled to death. And this man out of nowhere just picked her up. I mean, he saved her life. That thing scared me so because I was just getting moved, knocked every which way. And I thought I was about to lose her. That was the most horrific moment. Um, and I think, I don't know, I, ever since then, I don't understand all these, you know, Black Friday people and, you know, getting up 5 a.m. to go shopping and running in a store, running each other over, trying to get deals. I don't understand this mentality. And we have it in, in sporting events and other events, too. People like to pack into all these places. I was just watching last week when Tennessee beat Alabama. And, you know, when the camera's back, it looks like an incredible scene when everybody bum-rushed the field. But if you ever see any close-up footage, and I've seen it on YouTube, there are people who get jacked up, man. It, it's just insanity. Or you see these groups of people, and, and like, remember the... the uh, the draft a couple of years ago, all the people up the street, it was so many people. What if you're in the middle of that and you got to go to the bathroom or you get sick? So I don't like crowds like that no more. I try to stay out of the middle of things that I can't control. But people still have that mentality, and I won't judge because I've been there. I used to be like that. But I think that that mentality, you know, whether somebody's giving away something free whether it's a sporting event, a championship celebration, or whatever it is, people love to pack in, and they don't think about their safety. They think all the apparatus, every stadium, every stair is, is just going to hold them up, and it's just not real smart. Interesting views, and like I said, I feel, you know, our hearts go out to the families of these people. Uh, and and all these incidences and yeah for sure and people just need to use common sense. Common sense nowadays is a <laughs> lost yeah. art, and I, and I don't know where why it's gone, but it needs to come back in a lot of these cases. So, well, fellas, that's all I got. I appreciate your candor on these stories. Uh, some pretty heavy stuff, but uh, like you said, we could probably go on for hours on in each one of these. Uh, yeah. But we got a lot more to go, so uh, we'll move it on to some sports and music. All right, a little bit of sports and music. Okay, guys, the sports world has been interesting. Uh, obviously, the football world, it's been bittersweet for yours truly here. Uh, my Pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> man, really, 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 really struggling. Uh Worse than we thought they would, you know. Um, I know JT Watt's been out, but even still. Uh, but, you know, there's been some bright spots. You look at the Miami game, could have won it, should have won it. You cannot get four interceptions in your, in your mitts and drop them on the road uh, against a good team like that. One touchdown, we won the game. So that's positive. Uh, we did beat a Tampa Bay team. We did beat a, a, a Buffalo team. But uh, that's really been hard for me. But our Ohio State Buckeyes. I uh, love what I've seen the last two weeks. Other than the play calling, I could have killed Ryan Day uh, Saturday for that play calling. But I love the adjustments I saw the last two weeks. So, um, But the biggest sports story, guys, our own beloved Tom Brady, TB12. Um, man, I don't think anybody saw this coming. I didn't anyway. Um, when I first heard it, I thought it was rumor, but obviously it is true. He and longtime wife Giselle Bunchton 
supermodel. I don't know what supermodel means. You model in the daytime and fight crime at night, but uh, are heading for divorce court. And it makes sense in retrospect when you look at Tom seems to be coming apart at the seams uh, on the football field uh, in his game and his uh, reactions with his teammates. And I wasn't so much going to report on that, but and I'm certainly not making fun of anybody going through divorce. That is a painful, horrible thing. Uh, but I was laughing at the fact that when Tom Brady got to Tampa Bay and in his, uh, I don't want to say conspiracy, but in his effort with the coaching staff and management staff to bring every single Pro Bowl player to Tampa Bay that they could, which they seem to have endless money to do it. I don't know how that happened. He wanted Antonio Brown so bad he moved the man into his house. (laughs) And we found a lot of humor in that. Uh, week by week, we were reporting, we were talking about how's he ever going to get him out and whatever. But here it is, guys. They're going through divorce, and guess who's trolling Tom Brady with pictures of him and his wife? Antonio Brown. There's an old saying, guys, don't ever bring another rooster into the hen house. <coughs> I'm sorry. If you're a man... And you need a place to stay, and I just live with me and my woman. You ain't staying with me. <coughs> I just, I, I just don't do it. And woman, don't let no woman in the house with your man, and you're gone. It's just don't do it. And I just gotta wonder because the whole thing didn't make sense to us. Why would you let a man who's a multimillionaire who just signed another big contract? Why does he need a place to stay? I don't. Under, I didn't ever. I never understood that. I would love to ask Tom, why was it necessary to move him into your house? Now he's trolling you with pictures of his wife with her arms wrapped around you and things like that. So I just got to ask a question. Do you guys, do you think there's anything to this at all? Fish? No, I don't think between her and Antonio Brown, no. But I, I think it's more just what it seems to be. And uh, they probably talked about retiring. Focusing on family, focusing on their relationship. That's what it seems to be. And he decided, nope, I'm going to go back and play football. And she didn't like it. And it's causing a lot of problems. And it's, I mean, he's not going to, you know, it's it's impacting a little bit of his legacy. Certainly years from now, you won't remember this last year as much. But uh, it's, uh, like you say, it's definitely impacting him. That's what I think it is. You know, they, she wanted him to focus on her, on their relationship and their family, and he said, "Nah, he made football a priority," and I'm sure that did not go too well. And here we are. You would have thought that they had had better conversations prior to this season on that subject. Um, her knowing, letting it be known how she felt about it. Um, Tom is a preparer. You know, he's well prepared. And I just, it seems like he's been blindsided by this. I don't understand how you guys did not talk about this and have a clear understanding um, of where you were going at this. Um, Skinner, do you think uh, Tom will quit after this year? Is he done? Is he going to go out like this? Or what do you think? I don't think they're going to ask him back if this continues down the road that they're going. Uh, I saw the you know the first signs of problems when they did invite A B into his house. Mm-hmm. You know that's to me that was a big red flag right at the very beginning 
with all that baggage that AB has, I I just can't imagine all the stories that you hear is these wholesome family between Giselle and, and Tom and their kids. They've got the perfect happy family. And then you're going to have somebody like AB invited into your home. Yeah, well, you know, there's no such thing as a perfect happy family anyway. But that was the that was the portrayal. You know, they portrayed that this was this big happy why family. Why does he need a place to stay? And well, why that's would, a great question. And yeah. why wouldn't you want your own privacy? Why you got to go stay at Tom's house? That whole thing just reeks, dude. It does. And, you know, I don't know that Tom comes back after this. I don't, you know, I don't think he's asked back. And I don't know that. That's a good point. No, it's done. It's, good point. it's done. It's eight. So, yep, it's done. You know, you guys know my feelings towards Tom Brady, especially over the last three, four years. I, he just needs to go. He's another one that just needs to go away, retire, and reap the benefits of his, uh, you know, long, illustrious career. Yep. Um, Sign the TV contract, whatever he's going to do, and just, just, just do that. Right. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll keep on that. And I, and I wish so well. Like I said, divorces is nothing I wish on anybody, especially when you have a family and kids are involved. And I hope that they can save their marriage. Um, I, you know, when you're a competitor like that, especially you've done it that long, man, it is hard to walk away. So I don't want to judge, but nothing would be worth my family, especially when you got all the money in the world. Dude, just go away, man, and enjoy life on a level that very few people can. Yep. You know what exactly. I mean? I, I don't understand it. I, I get it. You're a competitor. Forget that crap. Nothing would be more important to me than my children and certainly no more important than my wife. But I can't judge you. Okay, guys. Uh, music. Um, uh, been, been a while, two weeks. So I'll just start off with this day of music. I just can't believe how time has, has flown. Um, but this day, guys, in 1996, Slash left Guns N' Roses. I can't believe it's been that long. Hmm. Um, and you talk about a band not the same. Um, now, they're back together now, but it's just, you know, the whole, your peak is over with. You know what I mean? Nobody cares as much. But uh, when he left that band, um, they were just a whole different uh, group. Um, I didn't see very much of them. When I did, it was like... Who are these people? Um, I don't remember anything they on. did back then. Barely, they did like yeah, Chinese. I, the Chinese, I know. Okay, Buckethead. Yeah, Buckethead played with him yeah, for a minute. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I saw that concert. Now you said I did see. I did see Guns and Roses with that lineup with Buckethead playing for them, and it was not a bad show. But mm-hmm. he was, he was a little kooky uh, back then, though. A lot of long Not, dreadlocks and everything. I don't know. It was just strange. Very kooky. It, yeah. it just, the whole dynamic of the band was changed. You it know? was. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, June's probably going to strangle me for this, but that's one of the bands that I can't stand personally. Um, you know, Appetite for Destruction came out. I loved them. Got tickets, went to a concert, waited for like two hours before they showed up. And yeah. when they showed up, right. uh, Slash and Axel were so hammered. They played one opening song. Everybody went crazy, and then they started talking, telling some story about why they were late, and you couldn't understand a word they were saying. They were slurring and and, and, and F and MF, and people go, yo, play a song, and they got mad and cursed everybody out and, and walked off the stage. And uh, I started reading stories that they've done this over and over again to their fans. So I'm like, anybody who doesn't put their fans uh, first, 
I have no respect for them as me being a musician. That's horrible. So I've, I've never liked that band since back then. Uh, any thoughts on uh, Guns N' Roses slash Leaving Skinner? Growing up, they were one of my favorite bands musically. You know, yeah, I didn't care for all the stories that I heard what they did to their fans, but that didn't alter me from listening to their music. Their music was phenomenal. It was one okay. of a kind back then, but yeah, it was you know, when, yeah. but they were not the same without Slash. I mean, he was he was the band. You know, when he went to right. Velvet Revolver after that, I absolutely loved their music Love too. Velvet Revolver, yeah, they're yeah. great. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it, to me, the common denominator was Slash and all this. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was 1996, guys. I'm really going to make you feel old now. Hmm. How about this? In 1992, Boys to Men were at number one with End of the Road. Oh, wow. It was to the Eddie Murphy's The Boomerang soundtrack. Hmm. Um, wow. No doubt those guys could sing. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I thought Boys to Men was the freshest and closest thing to a modern day uh temptations that we have it's much props to new edition i don't want to under slight them but i thought boys to men brought uh such a soulful uh character to 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 soul r&b music that we hadn't had in a long long time boys to men fan skinner absolutely absolutely 1992 i was in the military and one of the things you had to do was you needed you had to do honor guard or color guard for a 90 day stint and so I would go and do we do the twenty one gun salute uh, or you know, folding of the flag or carry you know, pallbearers or what have you. One of the funerals we went to, they had the end of the road on a replay that they buried with the individual, and that song, you know, that song's got very different meanings for a lot of people, but it was such a huge yeah. popular soulful song i don't know what else term to use um but yeah the, the, this we're here at the end of the road yeah. that could be very benign uh-huh. or very specific right. yeah so that you know that that when i hear that song it takes me back to when i was doing honor guard but their music was one of a kind they were just like you said they're mo- the most modern type temptations that we've seen since the okay. 60s yeah, yo, get, get them a new edition. I, I, I don't think new edition had the strong voices, uh, like Boys to Men did. You know, Rob, Ralph Tresvant did a lot of the vocals, and they always had that kind of little boy sound to his voice. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, they got Johnny Gill later, who came with the strong voice. But uh, I thought Boys to Men had the real, real strong soulful voices. Um, as a musician, I didn't. I don't like people who roll all their notes. And it gets on my freaking nerve. <laughs> Just sing. That's the only thing I didn't like about them, but voice to be fan fish. Yeah, I like I like their stuff back then. Like you say, it was just you know, I can't say much more about than you guys have already had. But you know, just definitely talented guys. I mean, like you said, they they, they sang so well together. It was wholesome uh, songs, and that song in particular, I went I went through a big yeah. breakup at that t- you know at that time to mm. a girl that I just you know shouldn't have lost, but <laughs> I did. And that song had as extra. Uh, uh, meaning for me because I was like, uh, I'm sure, I'm, probably, I'm sure I <laughs> cried to that song back I in that back in mean, that time. Brother. But yeah, but those guys are real, real, really good, very, very talented for sure. Okay, cool. 
Uh, funny story, guys, 1990. I'm going backward even more. I never heard the story. Billy Idol did a gig in Seattle, Washington, and he dumped 600 dead fish in Faith No More's dressing room. Oh, wow. <laughs> Faith No More responded by walking on stage naked during Billy Idol's set. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's this funny. is one of the funnier uh, band on tour stories I've heard in a long time. Guy, is there any stories you can think of off the cuff that, that you remember that stick out that either funny, disgusting, or weird? I'm going to give you a second to think about it because i got to tell you one that I find just utterly, gosh, I don't want to be disgusting on the show. But but uh, this story circulated oh, man, 15 years ago when a couple of girls were trying so hard to get backstage to see uh to meet red hot chili peppers and of course you know the chili peppers used to do their set in the white whitey tidy whitey underwear and they go back in the dressing room for a little bit drink whatever calm down and then take off and these chicks fought so hard to get backstage they finally got backstage an hour or so after the show and when they got to the dressing room chili peppers were gone but in the corner Allegedly, fleas, tidy whities were in the corner, and this chick, uh, uh, I can't remember if the security guard said this or whatever, uh, held it up and wrung out the underwear and drank it and said, Now he's <laughs> oh, a part of me good forever. Lord. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm done, man. <laughs> Yep. We got problems. Some girl did that Skinner to uh, Keith's uh, leather chaps. Oh, I also heard yeah, back in the day. Possibly. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. And they said this might be the year she ah, come out of her okay. coma. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's high hopes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So. But she's never caught COVID. That's a, that's a, it's, never. Uh, I don't know. We have, we need to do some studies huh. there. But uh, yep. Mm -hmm. You guys got any stories you remember offhand? <laughs> I just remember it's you know it's you've you've heard about it and it was portrayed in the Motley Crue <clears throat> book in the movie The Dirt. That whole thing with with Ozzy Osbourne, yeah, him kind of oh my god, trying yes. to outgross outgross Motley Crue. But when Ozzy got down and those ants were going across the swimming pool, and he snorted the, the string of ants out there in front of people by the public uh, swimming pool. That's just, I mean, the poor man was on drugs and everything else, but the yes. story, the story is funny though. I, the other yeah, parts it, of it's disgusting, but that, that part. Yeah, I was going to say, there's another part to that yeah, story too. Story yeah. in the ants was, is funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Guys. Oh my gosh. And we won't, we won't mention the other part of that story. Um, <laughs> also guys, it's just in, in music. Um, Man, the, I'm going back as a time. Great Stevie Wonder, uh, Volume Four went to number one on the UK charts. Uh, Stevie Wonder still with us, man, making great, great uh, music. Uh, I don't know he doesn't tour as much anymore, but just shout outs to him for all that he's done in music. Um, I see names in here like Bob Geldof, and of course the whole. Uh, musicians for famine they ain't got kicked off with bob geldof um which culminated in the 
the USA for Africa doing mm -hmm. their thing, which might be, have been the biggest single of all time. Um, and that was like a whole movement to help feed third world countries. Um, is that movement still going? I mean, do people care anymore? What what happens? You get everybody excited, you make some money, you make some videos, and it just disappear. Do you guys hear about anything like that anymore? Skinner? What is that barking? That's, that's ah, my dog okay. upstairs. Yeah. I'm like, that's it's a, not me. That's, that's, <laughs> I, that's We call it a dog, Skinner. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I know oh, you're thinking. What is going on? Yeah, my here. dog uh, Igor is scratching. He's he's scratching himself up there, so he likes to err err when he scratches. Well, no, I was sorry. doing the scratching, but that was the yeah. dog working. Yeah, sorry about that, folks. Yep. As far as these 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 shows and things that you're talking about, a lot of people started to second guess where the money was actually going. I think is what a lot of people became skeptical. I don't know the, what why they would have the reason mm. to be, but. You know the the I remember those the uh, the the Africa story and the We Are the World was one of those songs. Um, you mm -hmm. know, Farm Aid is another one that comes to mind. All these I haven't heard that yes. they've done any of these in many years, and I I wish I knew why. Right, and, and you know what? You make a really good point because I think the whole point about all that stuff is pick a subject. Get those together who are in power to make a change. Right. And unite people. Like they said, somebody said, I, I forget who it was. Was it Mellencamp? Some other people? Willie Nelson? Hey, let's get some guys together yeah. and help the farmers. Mm -hmm. It was, a, it was huge a great success idea, for a while. you know? And I would love to see, yes, I would love to see more uh, things like that for, hey, how about uh, the homeless? How about the. Uh, uh, you know, orphans. How about um, veterans? You know, things like that. Just can we not get together, especially those who have the means and the power to inspire people? You don't have to change the world. Change your area. Every state's got celebrities. Every state's got rich people. Change your. So you know what? I'm gonna make sure that my city, my county, my state is second to none when it comes to school systems. You know, LeBron James got this big building going up down the street down here, and that's great, whatever. But you know what? The very elementary schools around the corner that you went to, you know, don't have decent books or computers or whatnot. Um, it, it's really, really sad, you know. And I was at uh, Hyde Park. It's a local park here, guys, uh, with my church a few weeks ago. And we were feeding the homeless, passing out clothes, preaching. And it was great. And the question came to me, where are the rest of the churches? We should be running into each other out here. Where, where is everybody? Where's the Catholic church with all this money? Where are the Presbyterians that care so much? Where are the this? Why aren't churches running into each other out here, feeding the homeless, getting these people off the streets? I don't understand that. Not tooting my homework because I sat on my butt long enough too. But we got to do better about uh, each other. And, and those that have a platform, I told my church this Sunday, if it just takes our small group to inspire people, we're going to do it because no more sitting on our butt. Uh, like to see that stuff come back again. Okay, guys. Um, 
you know, that's all I got for sports and music. I do want to go back to the sports thing again, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, in case you guys didn't hear, Brittany Griner, WNBA star, has lost lost her appeal. Um, this is really, really tragic now. I had thought in the back of my mind at some point that this girl was going to get to come home some kind of way, even if it was through some kind of prisoner exchange, something. Uh, she lost her appeal uh, facing nine years in a Russian prison. I can't even imagine how horrific this is. Um, certainly don't want to judge, um, but she needs to be home. And I just really feel for her and her family. So how about some pop culture? Go ahead. Okay, guys. So some pop culture stuff here. Why don't we start out with um, some uh, Gen X media recommendations so if you guys watched or heard or read anything that you wish to recommend to our viewers on boss code and youtube or listeners on podcast keith what do you got you got something here yes i do speaking of boss code i just gotta say guys a wish of mine that i have been dreaming about for years came true Last Saturday, thank you, Des the Reason. I have been wanting to be in a Des the Reason video, and my dream came true last Saturday. Um, not only was that awesome, but the song is phenomenal. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it is one of the best songs I've heard all year. So thank you, Des, and I can't wait for the video to come out. Very um, good. I was going to say, the big rib right. already came out. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it back, baby. Bring it back. <laughs> okay, other than the McRib, uh, first of all, my man Skinner, I just want to say thank you for finally watching Sweet Girl with Jason Momoa on Netflix. Excellent movie. Watch that. I'm sure Skinner will back me up on that. But of uh, the peripheral, uh, it is a series just started on Amazon Prime two weeks ago. Um, you know the lady when you when I when you see her face. If I say her name, it's not going to say much. But she's been in a few things. She's a cute young girl, and uh, she's been in quite a few things. Um, but it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, Chloe Grace, and uh, I'm telling you, it's a combination of sci-fi. She was in Kick-Ass. She was the girl in Kick-Ass. Oh yeah, in that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the Equalizer. Yeah, just phenomenal. But um. Great, great uh, show, great effects, intense story, nice, nice stuff. So, really good. Uh, dude, we got to talk about the ending of She Hulk. Mm. Yeah. She Hulk. Yeah, we got to bring that up sometime. But that's my yeah. recommendation. Check out the peripheral. Brand new. The technology is amazing. The effects are amazing. The story's been amazing. Two episodes in so far. Well, She Hulk's been out for a couple of weeks, Keith. So, what did you think of the. What do you think of the That's ending? That's what I'm saying. We, but we haven't met on the show. Oh yeah, so that's um, fine. Go I, ahead. I, I got to tell you, I was really disgusted with the whole thing. Um, when it first started, I thought it was great. The story getting set up, it was great. Got kind of boring. Then they had a pretty good episode. I was like, okay, this is better. Then they had about three episodes. Were like, what? And then, of course, there was an episode towards the end where I was the best episode ever. Daredevil showed up. It was just phenomenal. 
I thought that was just the best episode, and it was just going to take off from there, and it just went like this to me. And it's like, you know what? When I thought about it, I say I don't mind them taking liberties with these characters and going a different direction, whatever. But when you take a beloved character like that, that is that popular, that well-known, your first time out, be true to the story. Nobody wants to see her at a wedding. They want to see her bashing heads in, you know? Nobody wants to see her... Uh, doing all this stupid stuff, you know? You, you turn uh, abomination into a joke. Can you at least come out first with something a little bit uh, true to the comic book? So I was just disgusted with the whole thing. The Daredevil episode was phenomenal, and I thought it was just going to get better from there, and it went from there where like this. Like, are you serious? This is how we're going to end this? So I was really, really disappointed. Yeah, we, we talked about that on the on convincing idiots too. It's either they really oh, you? okay. Yeah, but no, but it's it's just it's hard to it's fine they did this, but it's hard now to take the character more serious. Now that she's gonna come Very back hard. and yeah, yes. she she's gonna be his love interest, Daredevil's love interest in the new Daredevil series, it seems. And that's fine, but are you just is that gonna be Silly like Daredevil, Daredevil's not yeah. silly. Daredevil's more Daredevil, serious. Thank you. Very so, serious. If you as try serious to change as it gets yeah, if you try to change Daredevil and make it something different to accommodate... People will, good, people will, people will right. riot. You're right. They will yeah, riot, because Daredevil it, ain't no joke. You're right. Yeah, it was odd, you're right, the finale, Keith, because you know, on She-Hulk, you know, they, they started to tell the story, as you know, and then she paused it, and then literally broke out of the the, like, the... Uh, the, the Disney Plus screen. Yes, yes. Where you could pick your yeah, show and yeah. all that, and, and went down and talked to the writer... I don't know. It, just got, it was a little too breaking the fourth wall-ish in some respects, but I'm already I don't know. upset over Thor, Love, and Thunder, and then you come do this, man. I mean, Marvel, we've been <clears throat> praising you guys for years now. Get it together. I like the Kevin Feige joke. I liked it. It was a robot. I did yeah, kind of like that. Cool. That was cool. And then when they introduced Scar at the end, Hulk's son, it was like 10 seconds. Just like, boom. Oh, by the way, this yeah, is Scar. It's and like, what, wow, what man. What you got him Whoa. looking like? I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I'm i sort of with you. I'm sort of on the fence with it. So. And the Hulk's been gone since the beginning. How are you bringing him at the end now, make, making it the cliffhanger? Yeah. How is Hulk and Scar the cliffhanger? They've been gone since episode one. I don't, I don't understand that. Yep. Okay. Anything else, Keith? Uh no, just those, those two things right there. I wanted to talk about. Okay, Skinner, anything uh, you We's recommend, sir? Watching a show on Apple TV called Shantarum. Uh, the guy that plays Jax Teller on Sons of Anarchy. Um, hang on, Charlie Hunan is his name. Hunan plays a con ex-convict, breaks out of jail, and moves to I think it's India. And becomes a Western medicine healer, where he goes into this area, uh, mm. poor area, and he becomes their doctor. <clears throat> and uh, it's about okay. Yeah, he was a guy to play. Uh, yeah, he's uh, played King in Arthur. a. And Sons of yeah, he's played Jack Teller and Sons of Anarchy, and he's been in a couple other uh, Pacific Rim. He was in uh, as well, uh, but it's a pretty good show. It's got a lot of backstories that they're showing with well, four episodes in i think they drop every wednesday now um but it's really intriguing show you get to see a lot of the a lot of good stuff as far as if you've never been to a third world country 
other than what you see on TV, they're pretty good about showing you, you know, the shock value of how people actually live. It looks um, good. And there's also one other show mm-hmm. that we watched uh, two seasons on Netflix. It's called Dead to Me. Kind of a quirky comedy uh, show. Um, Christina Applegate is the lead on this one. Uh, mm. James Marsden is in it as well. She's a realtor, and her husband gets. It's right. also the name of your divorce files. <laughs> put on. That's what they stamp on. Dead to me. Right. You're dead to me. <laughs> but she, uh, her husband was on a hit and run accident, and the lady. I don't want to. Well, I don't want to give any spoilers, but the individuals uh, that are involved in this become into a, a plot. They've killed each other's spouses. I'll just leave it at that. And um, it, it okay. kept our interest. It's not the, oh, you got to absolutely see this. But right. if you're looking for a quick a quick view, they're half-hour half segments, about 10 shows each, worth a shot. And then one other one we're, we're re, I'm revisiting right. and Marcy's never seen. It's called The Mentalist. I don't know if you've ever seen that uh, mm. show on CBS. It was first on. Yeah. That's what's on my divorce file. Uh, the Mentalist, the Mentalist seven seasons. I forgot how good uh, the guy that uh, never watched. It's phenomenal. I didn't realize there were seven seasons, so I think I've missed one or two. Uh, but yeah, I did, we watched the uh, the pilot episode last night, and Marcy's hooked on the first episode. So I'm anxious, uh, excited to watch that again. Okay, cool. <clears throat> cool. All right. Very good. Uh, I will not give any spoilers, but I finished the first, I guess, well, I don't know if it's the first season or what, but The Patient on Hulu with Steve Carell. I watched the last episode of oh, that. I look good. good. This week. Yeah. I Again, it's it, you just have to see it. I mean, it's just, it's just uh, high drama, well acted, and, uh, you know, I'll just, you know, the ending will leave you, you know, you know whatever. It's just great. Cool. I'm a big Steve okay. Carell guy. Yeah. Uh, have did either of you guys watch Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power? I, I have not. Last Never week. seen the movies, so I have not seen any nope. of the offshoots. Oh, my God. And you give me crap about Raiders of the Lost Ark? Do not speak <laughs> to me the rest of the show. Go ahead, Fish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also current with uh, Andor uh, on Disney Plus, you know, the Star Wars. Yes, I, I am really enjoying this. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's its own story, and again, it's, it's. I don't know, man. It's just well acted. It's shot beautifully, and you know, you again, saw the season finale, right? I have not yet. Okay. okay. So, um, yeah, I loved every minute of it. Yeah, it's just just so good. And it's just I love the fact it just gives you the backstory of yeah. It's it's believable in many respects. In when the you sense think of, about the movie Rogue One, mm-hmm. watching this kind of lets you know what was happening. I need it, to watch. It's really. Great. I need to watch. Absolutely, that's great. I need to watch this show when nothing like else is going on because I keep putting it on when my mind is yeah. occupied elsewhere. So I I keep sitting, no, I can't, keep hitting nope, rewind, and I'm like, you know what? I got to watch this. I've watched the first three episodes. That's yeah, right. Perfect. It's, not, it's the last two. I've had to rewind twice. Now I'm just going to stop and watch it when I'm I'm not doing anything else. Yeah, it's not a background show <laughs> to have on to sort of half pay right. attention. I mean, it's no. uh, you know the, the visuals are fine, but no, you got to pay attention to the story. 
And, you know, again, it's just, it's telling the story of how a group of people trying to raise, start a rebellion. You got to raise uh, uh, people, you got to, you got to, you got to cause, you got to rile up people, mm. you got to raise money. And Secrecy I like the fact, is important. Yeah. Lack of trust is all these factors, you know. Sure. And then the empire on the other side of it, I like seeing people that just, it's just a job. For many of them, it's just a job. It's the way yeah. that they have a career, sort of like in the military, and they're not really necessarily thinking about what what they're doing. But uh, yeah, it's just very, very good. So you know, go check out Andor. And uh, I am uh, also enjoying the final episodes of The Walking Dead. I watched The Walking Dead as a season 11. So the, the final episodes are airing now. They started back up uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, 11 seasons. That show's been on the air. I've, I watched episode one of that and got sucked into that immediately. I love zombie stuff anyway. And it, that show has taken all kinds of different twists and turns with cast members coming and going. And you, and you get vest, invested in somebody and you get killed. It's just been a quite the ride all this time. So it's an interesting watch, final season. Go ahead. I was going to say, I did watch The Walking Dead yesterday. Okay. Um, they lost. They lost to the Eagles, thirty-three, <laughs> thirteen. So, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Certainly a very a, a, another form of the Walking Dead with the Steelers. I agree with you absolutely. <laughs> That's a couple things that I watched that I recommend. So, Walking Dead, uh, the Patient for sure. Go check that out, and uh, of course, Andor, very on cool. Disney Plus. Yes, indeed. All right, so some pop culture news here, guys. We did have a couple passings. Uh, we should mention here, actor. Leslie Jordan passed away on October 24th. He was 67. Uh, poor man died in a car crash. Young, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was young. Uh, he was known for Will and Grace and a few other things, Hearts of Fire, uh, a lot of different shows. And uh, one thing he did is he sort of made a uh, little resurgence in during the pandemic. He His social media blew up. He was making all these like fun, heartfelt little nice videos and stuff like that. So I don't know. He was just a funny guy, uh, good actor. Uh, so definitely rest in peace, Leslie George. So Keith, uh, thoughts on Mr. Jordan? Uh, yeah. You know, there are people who know how to be funny, and there are mm -hmm. people who are just funny. He was just funny. Yeah. Uh, of course, his, his size played into it, and of course, that voice. And yes. he knew how to milk it, you know. Um, he was, uh, he was. I think he got real prominent in Will and Grace, if I'm not mm -hmm. yes. uh, mistaken, where he got some. But uh, yeah, he, every, everything he was in, you know, he just brought that hilariousness to it. There were some shows that came out that lasted a season, I remember he was in. Uh, there was this one show that was at an elderly folks' home, I can't remember it. Uh, but he was just hysterical with that voice, the way he talked, and he was always a troublemaker. So he found his niche, and he mm -hmm. milked it. You know, so uh, really sorry, man. He died at such a young age. Really sorry to hear that. Yeah, absolutely, Skinner. Are you aware of? Uh, oh yeah, Leslie I Jordan? got to know him in Will and Grace. I didn't watch Will and Grace when it first came out. I revisited it after in the rerun section, and I tell you what, he was just mm -hmm. he was funny as can be in that show, and. Uh, yeah, it was pretty. I guess that he's in that uh, Mayim Balik show. This is Cat or something like that on Fox. Uh, I've not been able to yeah, watch that yeah, show, but I guess he's pretty horrible. I heard he's pretty yeah, he funny in nothing. that show as well, though. 
It was an American Horror Story as well for a few seasons. I didn't realize huh. that on okay. FX. So, yes, I saw yeah. American Horror Story too yesterday. They lost to the Eagles. Yeah, thirty-three, thirteen. There you go. Yeah, there you go. It just right. it writes itself. Telling it. Yep. <laughs> I'm just I'm just spitballing here, folks. It's yep. just coming to me. Thanks. Yep. Uh, okay, so this next person that passed away we, is definitely someone that we are aware of, uh, certainly in our our generation and many others. Uh, passed away recently at aged 87, Jules Bass. So he was a animator, producer, director, composer, and if the last name sounds familiar, uh, you're probably thinking correctly, and the Rankin Bass, uh, all those wonderful holiday animated uh, specials that we watched for many, many years. Rudolph and Frosty and Santa Claus is coming to town and uh, Year Without a Santa Claus and all that stuff. Mm. Uh, Rankin and Bass made those. And those, you know, those aired every year that we grew up. And they still air. And uh, I own a lot of those these days. But uh just a tremendous talent. Those two guys together were great partners in the you know, the animation at the time. That, sta- that stop motion animation it was done very well. You so know the good. music was terrific. The voice acting, and uh, I think we talked about this in other podcasts as well. It just, it just for it was just a part of mm-hmm. Christmas. That's it. When those oh when those gosh. those specials are there, it is part. They they help create a part of holiday traditions for our generation and, yes. again, those after and even before us. But uh, uh, I know I introduced those to Peyton growing up. And, uh, again, just Good a nice, you. warm feeling, you know what I'm saying, oh, to watch those gosh. things. And I didn't realize as well, you talked about The Hobbit uh, on the the prequel show. They also made the animated version of The Hobbit back in 1980. I didn't realize that was a Rankin-Bass thing. I used to watch that thing on – uh, movie channel over and over again back in its time, the old Hobbit uh, animated thing. But anyway, so uh, rest in peace, Jules Bass. So, you know, Keith, any thoughts on you know yeah, Mr. Bass, you know, the Rankin and Bass I, specials, and the, the work I never that they thought did. that's that that stop claymation thing would go far. I remember in the early days, the uh, the Bible show, Davy and Goliath. Mm-hmm. Yes, remember that? That's right. I, yep, I thought that was as good as it was going to get. They took it to another level, and man, you 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 nailed it when you said about that feeling fish. Every Christmas, I've got to catch at least one or two of those shows. Yep, and it just takes me back to that awesome feeling with my sister, my nephews, my nieces, all of us in the room watching that stuff. Just so entertaining, entertaining to me to this day. I still want to sing Heat Miser. I want to sing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, all those songs. I'm a year without a Santa. Claus. I want to do all that stuff and sing all that stuff and quote all those lines. It just takes you back to just a great, great time in your life. And and if you don't have that, man, get it because these are the things that help make us who we are. You hold on to those special moments and memories. So rest in peace. I I can't Skinner. say anymore. Those shows bring the holidays to the forefront you know i introduced those mm-hmm. those shows to mm-hmm. to my kids you know i hope that they introduce those same shows that were, i introduced them to that they will introduce to their kids when the time comes they don't get old you know the claymation was way yeah. before wow. its time back then and um you know even today i just it brings a smile to my face when i watch these shows me and marcy 
have to watch Rudolph and we have to watch uh, Frosty the Snowman every year. The Heat Miser is another one that we make sure that if it's on, we're going to stop what we're doing. We're going to watch it. So, yeah, rest in peace, uh, Mr. Bass. Absolutely. Also, by the way, I just caught this. I didn't realize it. they also made the Thundercats. Really? Rankin Bass and the, mm. the Jackson 5 animated series. I remember watching it on Saturday mornings back in the day as well. Wow. So, huh. Yeah, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Okay, so um, uh, Marvel Studios has been, of course, just killing it for many, many years. I mean, just, you know, certainly more good movies than not so good movies. Like you mean the word dominating. Yes, they really have been dominating. If you, if you step back and look at Marvel Studios versus DC, it just it's really not been a whole lot of comparison. Yeah, so and Sony, oh, you're right. Sony's just, ugh, I, could, I could just go on, <laughs> on about how terrible, terrible, right. terrible the Sony movies were, including Spider-Man. Um, but just killing it. And, and yeah, you know, Marvel's had a couple bad ones of late. You know, the Eternals was not as well-received and deservedly. The last Thor was not as good and not, not rated as high deservedly. But for the most part, Marvel has a plan. They have consistency. And a lot of that's, that stems from they have a guy at the top, Kevin Feige, who's like, he's just, they have a person there that they trust that uh, is a you know creative force uh, and creates consistency in their product. And DC just really hasn't had that, that person or people that's really been able to uh, help produce a lot of consistently good movies. They've got some good ones here and there. You know, The Last Batman was quite good. I know we you know mm-hmm. we all kind of like that maybe not the first viewing but as we reflected on it we enjoyed it but a couple of my favorite things of late out of the DC has been uh the last suicide squad movie and the peacemaker series that were done by James, James Gunn now James Gunn uh you might know the name he did the first Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy movie uh he's directing the third one that'll be out next year and he's doing the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special that'll be out on Disney later in the month here, uh, which if you haven't seen the trailer for that, go check that out. That looks like a lot of fun. So DC Studios has now hired uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran to be co-chairs of DC Studios. So now these two gentlemen are going to own all the creative content through dc studios the animated stuff movies and everything else so now you have two guys that i'm not as familiar with peter saffron but i i I definitely familiar of course with james gunn so anyways i think it's a good move for dc you have someone there who certainly knows how to put out some good content maybe they'll get some more consistency now and be able to more fully compete with marvel DC, of course, uh, has announced that uh, Henry Cable is going to come back as Superman for another movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Black Adam is out now. So, I don't know. So, at the end of the day, I think it's a great move for DC to bring someone in like that who's uh, proven that he can pull audiences into the theater. I remember watching Guardians of the Galaxy. I, was, I, did, I didn't know those characters barely at all. And just the fact it was such an entertaining uh, movie, right. uh, you know, created that popularity. So... I guess a good move. So, Keith, any thoughts on uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran taking over DC uh, Studios? It's a great, great move for DC. Um, not only does James 
stand alone on you know his talent level, but mm-hmm. he'll also be bringing what he learned from working at Marvel. Um, so that's going to be great for them. My only problem with James Gunn coming over is just he came too late because what he's working with. I mean, you mentioned uh, the Peacemaker series and some of this other stuff, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But think about it like this. If you have a stable of cars, you know, you've got a Chevette, you've got a, 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 a Equinox, and you've got a, 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 a Ferrari. And then you got, you know, these mediocre race drivers, but you, you get a great race driver, fantastic race driver. You want to put him in your fastest car, right? Well, he didn't get to do that. Can you imagine what yep. he'd have done if he'd have got the big DC names, just the Batman, the Superman, the names like that, especially Wonder Woman. God knows they needed him on the last Wonder Woman. Uh, so I, I, I hope he gets to get involved with some of the major characters. The last Wonder Woman was pathetic. It was a joke on itself. Yep. So I hope he gets involved with that. So this is just a great move for DC. And I Absolutely. did see Black Adam Sunday night. Uh, I thought The Rock did a phenomenal job in that. And, of course, they're doing the whole Marvel extra scene thing now. If you don't mm. know, that was a great sure. extra scene. Okay. So recommend Black Adam, by the way? Recommend? Yeah. Um, kind of a catch-22. Some, some of the stuff was a little too, like, Doctor Strange too demonic for my taste. But it was true to the stories in the comic because this was a demon that had given him these powers. But other than that, it was great. The man, Hawkman was great. Uh, Doctor Fate was great. Hawkman's ship was phenomenal. Um, it was really, really good. And, and The Rock was just off the chain and great fighting and action. It was great. Yeah, talking about. I'm thinking about going to see it in the theater. So yeah, okay, very good. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Skinner. There's, there's an sorry, extra sorry, scene sorry. at the end. You're gonna be like, speaking of, you know who? That's awesome. <laughs> okay, very good. Skinner, any thoughts on James Gunn I taking over DC? I think it's a brilliant move. Sanford. They've got to get back what they've lost over the last 15 years. <clears throat> so I think it's a great mm-hmm. hire. I, you know, James Gunn's got a uh, bad taste in his mouth from Marvel to begin with, so I think he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder to make this work. So uh, yeah, I, see, yeah. I see it being a great move. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, very good. Okay, another movie that's in the works, guys. Uh, Ryan Gosling uh, is making a movie, uh, The Fall Guy. So The Fall Guy, based on the television, the great television series with Lee Majors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lee Majors in any television show, it's probably going to be fun and entertaining. Yes. Fall Guy, I know I definitely watched mm-hmm. that growing up in, uh, you know, in high school. It was a definitely a show I watched with my parents. He was a stuntman. Uh, Heather Thomas was in this thing. I had my head Heather Thomas Fall Guy Ooh, posters. Who's, who's and Heather Thomas? Uh huh. I don't remember her. <laughs> yeah, sh- oh, sure. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I was surprised they're making a Fall Guy movie. Um, and you can find a picture out there. Ryan Guy's got he's got long hair and stuff. So I don't know. So uh, it's probably going to be kind of a goofy thing, as it should be. If you try to make the Fall Guy serious, it's probably not the direction you want to take. But uh, so a couple things. It made me reflect a little bit on there's been a lot of movies out there uh, based on television shows. Some were pretty good. Some not so good. So um, I'd like to hear some of your uh, uh, f- most 
liked and disliked movies based on television shows. You don't have to do any particular number. Just do you know a couple, whatever comes to mind. So Keith, what do you got? What do you, give me some of your best and worst movies. Okay. Well, first of all, I want to say shows. this. I, yeah. I kind of go in the other way with what you said. I think you want to go maybe serious with the Fall Guy movie. Yeah. I think that would be an interesting premise of a guy who's a stuntman and, you know, he's working crimes at night and he's using, you know, what he's learned in the stunt business to do stuff. I think that would be okay. a good, more serious movie. Okay. So just a thought. Okay. Um, it's the kind of movie that if it stands, if it's good, it's going to stand on its own. It, you can't rely on the old show because it's not the same people and it's really, really old. So I think it'll just have to be good or bad on its own. So. I just hope Lee Bates just makes a cameo. He's got to make a cameo, right? At he least, has to. Exactly. He has to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do that. So some yeah. respect. Okay. So I got my first list of the ones that I hate. Um, mm hmm that the ones that were shows I love and I hate the movies. Um, just a couple I want to name of uh, 21 jump street. Oh. I thought that was like the coolest show when it came out. And I just, the movie I thought was just utterly stupid. I was so disappointed. Oh, that really hurt me. And okay. And of course, uh, a show we all love growing up. Dumb. I just don't think there's enough material there for a movie, and that's the Adams Family. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Get it, man. So hmm. now I want to talk about talk about uh, shows that I didn't like, and of course the movies are my favorite. Um, I was there, I never watched the A Team, but I thought the mm. movie was cool. Yep. Yeah, I like the A Team movie. Yep. Um, and of course this is low hanging fruit, guys. But let's just face it. Um, we love the shows. We love the movies. Batman is probably one of the biggest show to movies um, out there. Mm. And this was kind of interesting. I like the show. And I like the first movie because they went so silly and campy with it on purpose that it was great. Charlie's Angels. Mm. Yep. And of course, I did not watch the show. It was a little bit before my time, but love the movies. Mission Impossible, I think. Uh, those movies are just phenomenal, every last one of them, and uh, can't get enough of them. And I got to tell you, guys, show I didn't watch. It was so freaking huge when it came out. I never watched it. I don't know why. It just didn't appeal to me. But I think the movie is the most underrated movie out there in this genre. Miami Vice. I if you have not if you see Miami Vice with Jamie Foxx and, oh uh, gosh I don't know if I ever watched and, it. uh Colin Farrell oh my god it's one of those movies where they just everything's perfect the soundtrack the actors the action everything about that movie to me is phenomenal one hmm. of my favorite movies okay I remember the advertisement I never saw it I have to check oh man I kind of forgot all about yourself, it dude. I forgot it existed yeah it's got like Lincoln Park in it and hmm. music music's just phenomenal man. It's unbelievable. Okay. Very deep, deep, awesome movie, man. Very cool. Very violent. Very just cool. It's a cool guy movie. Okay. All right, Skinner, what do you got? Some of your most and least favorite. Couple Any next ones. Doing? First one that I absolutely, the movie's just terrible. Uh, Dukes of Hazard. 
absolutely <laughs> terrible. Yeah, good. What a, you know, oh, we grew up gosh. watching that hmm. show yep. with Daisy Duke, and <clears throat> you know, and and for them to come out with that kind of movie just was so disappointing. Dukes of Hazard yeah, was silly. Exactly. The movie was stupid. Another one I wasn't real thrilled with, which was um, Charlie's Angels. I'm a uh, go back with you on that, Keith. The show was great, but the movies were not so good. A uh, couple good ones, I think. Yeah, I, I thought the I thought the first one was was so campy. They were campy on purpose, but it was entertaining. Yeah. Second one just got real. Another dumb. Gen X really one really is Beavis and Butthead. Who did? No, I love the movie. You did not like is, the movie? That's, it's a, the movie was phenomenal. Oh, it came okay. out, what, 15 years after the fact the show was on? Uh, and they did a real good job with it. Another one that was really good, Star Trek, uh, The Next Generation. You know, the movies that came out after that show was uh, over with. Really enjoyed it. And one last one, um, The Fugitive. I didn't watch, I watched a little bit of the shows. Yeah. But the oh, movies good with... Um, yeah. Um, Harrison yeah. Ford and yeah, uh, Wesley Snipes uh-huh. was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, great so. movies. Tommy Lee Jones, Tommy Lee Jones. One, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, good stuff. Okay. Yeah, very good. Okay. Uh, some, yeah, it's not so good. I also I had Charlie's Angels on my list as well. It wasn't it so good? What it was not so good that was just came out this year that I watched was the. Monsters movie by the Rob Zombie Monsters movie. Just really? Yeah. Just not that good. I did not need the. I've backstory. heard a lot of mixed, yeah. mixed, mixed. I mean, feelings it, it, on that movie. I haven't seen it yet. I mean, I watch it all, if I've you're all bad. Watch it if you're a fan, I guess. But the I did not need to know the backstory of how Herman met Lily and all that stuff. It just not as I don't know. I want to see more of them in the house on. 1313 Mockingbird Way, not how they got there and all that stuff. That's that's just me. Uh, Bewitched, terrible. The Will Ferrell Bewitched movie. Uh, where he yeah. played Darren. Yes. Yeah, just not, terrible, not good. Terrible, 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 terrible. Uh, the Baywatch movie in 2017 with oh, The Rock gosh. and all that. Not so good. The worst movie I've ever seen. That was bad. That was bad. It was almost so bad it was good in a way almost. that was like so campy, you know? I don't know, but it's definitely not one of the rocks uh, uh, best. Yes, uh, and uh, the the Flintstones movie from '94 just it just did not translate for me the best from animated to the live action. There were some things that were clever. Uh, it it did know. good because it was exciting to see them live. Yeah, but uh, it could have been better. Yeah. John Goodman was a fantastic Fred and all that stuff. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just it just didn't translate that great. Uh, some of the best ones. Uh, oh, one of my favorites. Uh, how about the Naked Gun? The Naked Gun, 1988. Naked Gun was based on a very short-lived series, Police Squad. Yeah, Police you're Squad right. was an actual That's right. series. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It only lasted six episodes and was canceled. They took a lot of the material right from the the TV show into the movie. I just love that first Naked Gun movie. One of the funniest and movies. And I, I, ever I have saw a, my per, a PSA say. announcement for those people in Hollywood. Do not come out with another Naked Gun. Let it go. Oh, I'm well, so, I, I have they no are. desire to see this one. <laughs> yep. I, yes, Liam Neeson I heard. is going to play Frank Dreven's uh, son. So there you go. That's it. 
<laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'll watch it just to see if they. Come well, you know, I'm going to have to watch it, it but I'm going to be just will, shaking but... my head the entire time, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Simpsons movie in 2007. Now, this I, this was a okay. solid movie. It was a it was a very good story. It was you know certainly like an extended Simpsons episode, but a lot of funny moments in that movie with Spider Pig and everything else. But um, uh, I thought it was a great movie. I did like the Adams Family movie, the first one. The Adams Family movie, uh, I just thought it was cool to see them on the big screen. I thought it was a nice storyline. I just thought the first one was very, very good. Now, I'm, I'm the opposite of Keith here. I did enjoy the 21 Jump Street movie. I was so surprised of how much I laughed at that movie. I thought it was hilarious. So they definitely... I know it was not at all in the same tone as the television show, and that was sort of the point, I guess. But I, I just, I just cracked up. I just cracked. The, the whole scene with Ice T and they're in the in the church, and he's telling them what movie? Yeah, this is I. I did enjoy Twenty One Jump Street. I thought it was hilarious. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So the whole the whole the whole thing about Korean Jesus don't bother Korean Jesus he was busy I just, just there's so much of that movie is quotable and I just was I just that Twenty One Jump Street yeah yep yep nice tea uh I, it, very very good um I also enjoyed the A Team you mentioned A Team already how about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1990 so to take okay. the animated series I love and that put movie. it up on the oh, big I screen I forgot about that one. That first movie it was, was it yeah. was solid, yeah. It definitely launched it launched a, a whole uh, movie franchise there. Um, I thought the SpongeBob movie in two thousand four was also fantastic. That first movie, just so much fun. I remember taking Peyton to the theater to go see that. Just a great story. It just again, it was just a solid story of uh, uh, a, a SpongeBob adventure. And so yeah, many more. I, I was going to say about 21 Jump Street. Go ahead. My problem was it was such a great drama, and when I mm-hmm. came out of comedy, I was just so upset. Yeah, I get it. Uh, you, know, I, you already mentioned The Fugitive. Another one here I kind of forgot about, the the first Brady Bunch movie in 1995. I thought the premise was that hilarious. Was good. Yeah. How they, took the, they just took the whole family, 70s attire, 70s vibe, and just put them in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And they were still acting like they did in 1970. I just thought the whole premise was hilarious. Yeah, that was great. It, that was very clever. So the first, the second ones, so that went off the rails. But the, the first one was a lot of fun. So a lot more. Actually, I had a lot more that I remembered that I liked. I thought I had more on my list that I disliked, but I definitely had more that I enjoyed when I go back and reflect on some of these movies. So uh, yeah, so we'll see how the Fall Guy does and. What list it yeah. makes of ours? I guess we'll critique that uh, later when it finally see if it comes out. It starts a trend too. It might start a trend. Some of these old shows being made into movies. Oh yeah, I've. Sh- they don't have any. It seems like they they keep running out of original ideas. So yeah. I'm sure we'll. I thought to see Miami more. Vice would really kick that off. Man, I guys got to see that movie. Man, it is just so awesome. Just the okay. way it's filmed. It's just really you know it's dark. It's slick. It's really cool. Best soundtrack I've heard in a long time. Yeah. I'll definitely go back and check that out. Okay. All right, guys. I'm looking at the time here. Okay. We we're going to get into Kanye West here, guys. I think maybe we table that for next week oh, as, gosh, because yeah. of the length here. So we'll talk more about Kanye West and <laughs> stuff. <laughs> that's going on. 
Yeah, it's just we're going to run out of time if we if we do. so we'll save that topic for next week. It's definitely a very prevalent uh, pop culture news story right now. We'll talk more about that uh, this week in pop culture history. Um, October thirtieth. Now it's certainly well before our generation in nineteen thirty eight. But this was the War of the Worlds radio serial. I remember hearing about this as a kid. So Orson Welles narrated this show. So basically, they it's they they portrayed as if aliens were actually invading on this radio program. And it was so realistic that it caused a panic uh, amongst those listening. People were convinced, based on how well this program came through or came about, uh, that uh, you know people were going into, you mentioned the bomb shelters and everything else. So... It was quite the thing. So uh, you never see anything like that since, and you probably will never see anything like that again. Uh, but at the time, you figure this is before televisions and everything else. People did not have mm-hmm. a way to verify easily anything different. They just got caught up in it. It was a special Halloween episode, H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds, and uh, is directed and narrated by Orson Welles. So, but I'm uh, going to say this. Go ahead. I will never, ever forget the morning I woke up and I turned my TV on. I thought it was that kind of thing when I saw the planes crash into the towers in yeah. New York City. Yeah. I thought it was some kind of broadcast pretending to be real, and I was hoping that it was. I'll never forget that. Yeah. Quite the thing, I guess. In some respects, now you say that you know you could argue that there are a lot of things that people portray as that they are fake that they believe is real because of other reasons of yeah. you know fake information. It's hard, all that hard stuff. to tell now, man. We got a guy flying around with a hammer. You know, I mean, so <laughs> yeah. All right, and then two thousand one already on November the second, uh, Monsters Inc. debuted in the theater. Just a uh, one of my favorite kids movies. I mean, it's, it's one of the movies I took Peyton to go see back in its back in its time here. Now she didn't, she wasn't exposed to it until she got a little older, of course, when it was out on on DVD and all that. But she had monsters toys. It was just a phenomenon. I mean, it really blew up big time. It just great, great movie. You know, the animation, of course, it was a Pixar thing. It was fantastic. John Goodman. Uh, Billy Crystal, the, against the voice work was terrific. It's just a very heart, such a nice, warm feeling story with the monsters here, scaring kids and learning there's other ways that they could they could uh, survive in, in their world with not having to scare kids for their energy and all that type of stuff. So, I just one of my favorite Disney movies of all time, hands down. So, uh, any thoughts, Keith, on Monsters Inc.? Never. Seen Are it. you kidding me? Oh man. Little wow. Serenity, Never when she was you. younger, she when called me Mike Wazowski. As a matter of fact, I've seen about two you pull Disney up Netflix movies, and we have the different accounts no. on Netflix and under mine is Mike Wazowski. So pretty pretty cool. Yeah, it is a great movie, Fish. I agree with you 100%. Um, probably one of the better ones that's ever come out, truthfully. It's up there in the top five, I think. Absolutely. The, the sequel came out, I think it was 2013. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, Monsters yeah. University. So, 
No, I just remember taking Peyton to go see that one when she was, you know, now a, now a young teenager. And we enjoyed the second one a lot as well. So Keith, just a lot of nice memories. With take the, two with hours with Donovan so. and sit down in front of a television and watch Monsters, Inc. He probably yeah, has, and he'll watch it with times. you. He's seen them all. It's worth it. There you go. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. So tons more stuff out there, and we were away for a couple of weeks here. We could keep talking here for a lot longer, I'm sure, with so many things good that's happened. Back. And Yes, yeah, definitely good to be back. And, uh, you know, so Keith, I know. It, for, first of all, any, any announcements or anything, Keith, that you have before we wrap up here, sir? Not yet, man. Been slow moving on my front. Of course, I took some time off away from the music and everything um, to get my personal life together. So hopefully that'll be kicking back up here soon. Okay, very good. I'll say for me, you know, again, check me out on my other podcast, Convincing Idiots. I do with Dean and Nick, a pop culture theme podcast. I also every, every week on podcast platforms and the Bosco Media Network and YouTube. So find us out there. So uh, Keith, again, while we were away for two weeks, although Skinner, you know, he had COVID. Uh, yeah, he told us, you know, one thing he continued to do without <laughs> fail is his constant refining of his outro skills. So yes. Skinner, first of all, any announcements you have, and then you give me roll a roll into your outro whenever you are ready, sir. That's been crafted yep. another two weeks. We just weeks. got news today Please. that we should have grandchild number seven here in probably two weeks. Mama oh, had a great oh, wow. uh, visit with the doctor today. The baby has shifted and is ready to meet these wonderful grandparents of that uh, she's going to have. But oh, Ashley. Who, who's having a baby? Yes. Duh. But... Uh, Tell her I want to right. talk to her. Yeah, I know Jayla is going to be 11 months old when uh, the baby's born. So uh, all good there. Otherwise, nope, no other announcements. Wait, Ashley's having a baby? I did not Ashley, know this. Marcy's actually. Yes. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah, I was no, like, no. hold on yeah, here. Speaking down. of that, okay. uh, Big Red, she, she <sighs> turned 18 oh, years boy. old last week. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So my youngest Whoa, biological okay. is now yes. an adult. I have no no uh, none crazy. under the age of eighteen. We do have serenity left between the two of us. Um, but uh, yeah, so <clears throat> great being back. I missed you guys. I missed the show. Uh, COVID sucks. Not gonna lie. Uh, you people stay safe out there. Stay away from all those at all possible. So for Brian Fisher and Keith Porter, I'm Michael Skinner. We are Gen X. We love you guys, and we will see you next time. Have a great week. And the Browns won tonight. Thank you, everybody. Nobody cares. Nobody asked that. And cut. Stick to the script, man. Stick to the script.
Original and new orange. <laughs> 